welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview an arranger, composer, singer, and accordionist from the United Kingdom, Johnny Carey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today, we have Johnny Carey with us from the UK. Sir, thank you for Hello. joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show. It, I just want to say, your album caught me by surprise. Oh, it's one of those good, situations where... In a good where, way, I hope. <laughs> no, in a great way. It was just one of those situations yeah. where... How should I put it? It's... It popped up after an album played on title. Okay. Okay. And I listened right. to the first one. I liked yeah. it. The second track that was hooked on the album, and I literally wasted, I mean, I didn't say wasted, but I pretty much stopped what I was doing and listened to the rest of the album straight. Oh, man. That's amazing. No, yeah. I'm serious. Cool. The Gypsy Jazz. Well, I shouldn't have to went into that. So please tell the people about you who you are, and then we'll get into that. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, my name is Johnny Kerry. I'm from the UK, and um, I play the accordion and sing, and I play jazz, which is a, a kind of a subgenre, which is called gypsy jazz, or jazz manouche, um, which is a bit niche, I guess. Um, it's kind of its own world, its own bubble, um, started by the, the guitarist Django Reinhardt, which I'm sure a lot of uh, jazz guitarists know about. And um, it's just really fun, you know, music to play. And um, a lot of improvisation. And the accordion fits really nicely into that genre. And it's the, it's the style of music that I pretty much started playing when I was about 16 or 17. And um, yeah, I haven't stopped playing it. I'm, kind of addicted to that style of music um so yeah how did you get into jazz though from the accordion Is it just yeah so well my well my granddad bought me an accordion when i was about 14 or 15 and i started looking you know looking on youtube luckily youtube was about then so um i could check out other musicians that played the instrument and Obviously, a lot of that was folk music. And um, so I didn't discover jazz until a bit later on. And there, there's a town nearby where I'm from called Newark. And there's a violin and guitar making school. And a lot of uh, students came over from France. And my auntie lived in the town. So she told me about this jam night that was going on. And she took me along and it was a, you know, a pub full of French musicians playing this style of music, this gypsy jazz music. And um, I sat down. Well, she said, why don't you go and join in? You know, why don't you go and play? And I'd never played jazz. So I sat down and started trying to play jazz with them. And, you know, it didn't go very well. One of the French musicians sort of shouted something in French to me and was sort of like, what are you doing? You know, please stop. <laughs> and I was just trying to work out, you know, how to play this style of music. And um, 
And basically, they kind of kicked me out the jam, which is, you know, to be expected because I didn't know what I was doing. And I went away and, you know, wanted to know more about the style of music. And um, that's where it started, really. I just wanted to get good at it. And, uh, yeah. So this was another story of a me jazz session, but at least this one worked out. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of be, be cool to be kind kind of thing. I don't know if they wanted me, you know, wanted to be kind, but they were, yeah, basically. And, um, yeah, and I, and I, I did go back. So, you know, they didn't get rid of me. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> uh, I went back and, um, you know, every, every week we, there was jam sessions there and I got better and they kind of accepted me. And my brother played uh, guitar. He started out playing the same style of music and went to the same jam nights with me. And we kind of progressed together and started a, a band in Nottingham. And uh, yeah, so that's where it started. Okay. I mean, it's just a unique situation, at least to me. I don't really see accordion jazz players. I don't no. really run into many accordion this is it accordionist over yeah. here. So right. are there any weird situations that happened when you were playing? Like, is there anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, to be honest with you, I've, you know, gypsy jazz is, is considered jazz, but I've never felt a part of the jazz scene in the UK. Just because, um, it, you know, it's not a jazz instrument. I mean, it works really well in jazz, but it's not seen as a jazz instrument. It's not a trumpet, sax, or guitar. So um, even so, now when I go to, if I could say, year, well, a few years ago when I went to this jazz jazz jam night, as soon as I took it out of the bag, people would be, you know, kind of like, what are you doing here, basically? And um, yeah, to the point where at one, at one night they um, pretty much ignored me. And I had to, you know, wouldn't give me a solo. So it was, yeah, I know, it sounds bad, doesn't it? I mean, but saying that a lot of, you know, a lot of the good jazz players in, in the UK are very open-minded, which you'd expect, you know. Um, what, the young jazz scene over there doesn't embrace you like that? Or you just don't associate? Just, just, from, just from the experiences that I've had, you know. Oh, understood. Because because of the instrument, you know, it's not a it's not a jazz instrument. Um, so people don't really know how it fits into the, into the style, um, which is why I've kind of always stuck to the gypsy jazz uh, genre because it's very accepted and you know because it's kind of French Parisian music. It goes well with that style. So no, but yeah, this is. A Unique, it's different to me. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I had my friend that played on my albums before, uh, Steel Drummer, come on, and he also tells about his situations. He takes it out of the bag, and everyone's just like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the same. It's not just accordion, you know. It's, it's any instrument that isn't, that, that the jazz greats, you know, didn't play. You know, if you took, if you took a, I don't know, Penny Whistle or something, to a jazz jam, people would do the same thing, you know, or uh, piccolo or tuba. I don't know. Okay, so when you tour, 
do you think you have less venues or more venues to play just off the situation that you have? Um, I don't know really. I th- I, I'd say I'd say a lot of the venues are really good with it, and they see it as something unique that they you know, and and something different that they they're interested in booking. So I've not. I don't think I've really had. Or I, I suppose I wouldn't know about it, would I, if uh, someone didn't book me because of it? Um, I know for sure that um, I get a lot of people come to the, uh, the 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 concerts that we do, and they say um, I didn't think I was going to come tonight because it's an accordion, and that they were really glad that they did come because they really loved it, which is is kind of like, you know, it, it's I expect it, you know, because it's. Um, it's not people don't really see it every day and they don't know what to expect with the instrument and um but that's one of the reasons that i like playing it because it surprises people and and opens people's mind up to you know understood um, so did you study this instrument formally or was it no like, well i was self-taught pretty much i i did i did start with uh classical piano lessons and then when I, when I stopped playing piano and decided to concentrate on the accordion, um, I, I learned from, from books, you know, I suppose like everyone else, transcribing solos from the, um, from the jazz greats on YouTube. And, um, and then probably it was only about five or six years ago when I did start having online lessons with a, 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 an accordionist from from America called Frank Petrilli. And he studied with Frank Morocco, which is, um, he was, I don't know how well known he is in on the jazz scene. Have you, have you heard of Frank Morocco? Unfortunately, I did not. No. <laughs> have you heard of Art Van Damme? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, he's probably the most famous jazz accordionist out, you know, to live. Um, and then I would say, Frank Morocco was up there, but um, anyway, Frank Petrilli, he studied with him and he was kind enough to um, help me out for free, actually, which isn't, doesn't happen that often, I suppose. He would, he would teach me on Skype. We'd have lessons every week and, um, and that was amazing. I progressed so much quicker from those lessons. You know, I, the first 10 years, I probably learned yeah, it probably t- teaching myself. I'd probably take five years to learn what I learned in a year with him. So it really is important to, you know, to um, to get the right teachers and and to to look for teachers. And then I've I've had um, various master classes with people, um, including uh, Richard Galliano, who's a French jazz accordionist. He played with um, Winton Marcellus. He did an album with him. And uh, he's played played with a lot of amazing jazz musicians all around the world. So that was that was really a lot of information. He didn't speak English actually. So I went over to Paris. Yeah, he didn't speak a word of English. And um, okay, yeah. So it was quite scary because he he is. I would say he was he's the best jazz accordionist in the world. And um, and I went in there and he was really friendly. And he sort of sat me down, got me a coffee and, and just, you know, asked me to play 
basically and um so so he could see what level i was at and uh and i played and then and uh we were in there for about five five hours and um i had to you know because it's music you don't i could i guess you don't it's the language of music isn't it you don't he doesn't really need to explain in english and i learned so much and wrote it all down and he, he gave me probably 10 years of stuff to work on and i'm still working through what he showed me and uh, that was a few years ago but yeah other than that mainly mainly self-taught and and learning learning at gigs and through other musicians that i've played with yeah no that's like i said this i've enjoyed this one a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so have you been to paris at least study with him recently or not since that day this no not since this was a few years ago and i haven't been back since i've been meaning to uh, but obviously, uh, COVID has kind of put a stop to all of that. But I'm hoping to go as soon as France is allowing people to, to go in. And, uh, yeah, I'm ho hoping in the next few months. I mean, we just cancelled Winterfest over here. We lost uh, that. I was supposed to be in Germany a few weeks ago. Couldn't yeah. go over there, so I understand that. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame, isn't it? Definitely. So I just, so you form your own quintet. Uh, it's a quartet. Yeah. So about, about, it was about four or five years ago, I set up the, the quartet. And that's when I started to kind of transfer from playing weddings and parties. Because for years I made a living. I guess the first 10 years I made a living from playing weddings and parties and that's uh, as a solo accordionist and I played uh, a lot of Italian parties because there's a, there's a lot of Italians um, in the UK I mean the same as you know in America and New York and things and they um, the accordion is one of their traditional instruments so I've I've had a lot of work through that and also playing you know like French parties and things like that Although I always refuse to put on a French beret and, and a lot, <laughs> I know I'm like trying to, I'm not that sort of accordionist. I'm trying to, you know, make it a bit more classy. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, honestly, it's the thing, the things people want you to wear when you're an accordionist and, and it's a French event. I'm just like, I'm not doing that. But for the first 10 years, um, that's all I did really. I didn't do concerts. I didn't play concerts. And then I set up the quartet about four or five years ago and then started to, to get, to get more gigs like that. And, um, and now, now I'm playing more concerts than weddings, which is, you know, how I want it to be, I mean, how I want to progress. Cause it's, yeah. you know, it's amazing, isn't it? Playing a concert, everyone's listening. And, um, yeah, it's definitely what I want to do more of. And um, I started recently, started getting more international bookings, but, you know, because of COVID, they've been uh, cancelled as well. I was supposed to go to the Netherlands in March to, to play a festival there and Italy as well. Um, but hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully. it'll all be back to normal. I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect it to go on this long. I suppose no one did, did they? Oh, that's a whole other thing, man. Like, you got to remember, they told us, us to break the curve. Year. Two weeks. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> now what, what are we on? <laughs> no, we're at two years. 
in a yeah. few weeks. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it sucks. It really does. And um, because I've released this album and I, and I expected to tour it. I mean, uh, this I is my second album. Over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I really would. And, um, but I've just not planned anything because, because of COVID and venues. And I don't really know, you know, no one knows what's happening. So it's not, it's not giving me the confidence to, to book a tour yet. Um, no. But it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. I can, I can only really concentrate on one thing at a time. You know what it's like being an, inde an independent musician. You kind of have to do everything. You're marketing, planning, um, booking agent. And, um, and the, the album took up a lot of my time. It took about two years to, to plan. From what uh, aspect? From the band members? From the arrangements? From what? Uh, the arrangements mainly, and also writing. I wrote four of the, the songs on there. Mm -hmm. And um, I just wanted it to be a really well-arranged album and flow nicely, you know, and be a nice sort of packaged thing. And um, and also just choosing choosing the, uh, the tracks to put on an album is, isn't easy. You know, I kept, I changed so many times. I was like, no, that's not right. I'm, I'm going to change that track. And so it, it, mainly it took two years just because I couldn't decide on the tracks that I wanted to, uh, you know, to put on there and arrange. And the but, order, I got to give you credit for it too. But, yeah, I, I thought, you know, I spent a lot of time as well, just which track to put, you know, first and the second and third. And um, the problem with streaming, I suppose, is no one really streams an album from the top from to bottom. To yeah. yeah, I agree. And that's exactly, and that's kind of a shame, really. You're going to get most of your hits or views or streams, whatever you want to say, if you're on a playlist that's popular. Yeah. And then even then, most people aren't going to go back and listen to the whole album. No, no. Which is a huge shame, and that's why I'm releasing it on vinyl. Because, um, you know, there's a huge popularity surge now for vinyl. And uh, um, and the amount of work that goes into an album. You know, so much work and so much planning. And, but the other and part I don't think people realize that, you know, when you're just streaming tracks on well, Spotify. You got to remember, just off a simple tablet, I have everyone's yeah. catalog in my hand. Yeah. There's not enough time in the day to listen to everything. No. And if you're strictly a jazz lover, and I never met one in my life where they only listen to jazz. Yeah. The amount of stuff now that you could listen to, yeah, just in a week. It's crazy, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's amazing. I, I it love really it personally. Is. I love Spotify, yeah. It's just, I do understand that the artists are never going to make their money back from the streams. Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes more of a touring game at that point. Yeah, exactly. And it's surprising how many people are still buying CDs. You know, it, it really does. It does help, you know, a lot. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting the vinyl out. And, uh, it's taken so long because there's a shortage of, of vinyl and Brexit and COVID. And, you yeah, know, it's but... been like five months waiting. I have a love-hate relationship with vinyl. I don't think it sounds better than 
nah. digital stream. Yeah. I do appreciate the love and the art for it. There are a lot yeah. of albums I buy on vinyl, so I'll continue doing that. I literally yeah. just oh yeah. Oh, the black mat the black uh music experiment. I just bought the second version volume on vinyl. All right. Yes. So that's another thing. So just a few other things I'm just curious about here. I just so when you do get I assume you get hired for gigs every now and then as to accompanies other artists? Um, Not really? Very okay. rarely, yeah. Oh. Because I don't think people know what... To, <laughs> I, I, again, it's, it's, in the, it's in the gypsy jazz genre. You know, there's, um, there are a few, few, few musicians that I, I go and play with, but it's, it's strictly gypsy jazz. I've never been asked by, um, you know, like a jazz group band to... To go and to go and play with them because I I don't know maybe maybe it's because I've not I'm quite isolated where I am I'm in a town called Stamford in Lincolnshire and it's about two hours from London yeah you know and it's a small town and I think just because of that because I'm isolated here that I I've not met people I've I've not done a lot of networking you know. But if I, I imagined if I lived in London, then that would, I would, you know, play with more people. And at the moment, it's just become my quartet and that's my thing. And, and that's all I really go out and, and gig with. No, I understand. I was just curious. You're not the first gypsy jazz group to come on. We had Marvin come on before. Oh, okay. The people that came. They did. Yeah. I love their stuff. Yeah, I do agree. You might have to go to London or yeah. <laughs> Paris. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have I've been lucky in, to play with some amazing musicians in the in the gypsy jazz genre. I played with a guitarist called um, Jimmy Rosenberg. He's from the Netherlands. He's a gypsy player, an amazing musician, and uh, a few few in London. There's a there's actually one gypsy jazz. Uh, club called Le Cucumba, which is in London, and they get quite a lot of um, uh, gypsy jazz musicians over there. And I've got, I have been asked to go down, you know, and and, and guest with a few of those, which has been really good. Um, so yeah, not really, not really hit the uh, the jazz scene in the UK yet. Not many people wanting jazz accordion. <laughs> I mean. Like I said, it's something you got to break into. I just don't know on that aspect. Yeah. But so what are struggles have you faced actually now that we're actually on that? Um, I don't know really. It's, I, guess, I guess the struggle is getting, getting more gigs and, and booking more gigs and, and not having the, you know, the money or the funding to, to book tours. That's kind of, you know, the, the, what I find the hardest thing is to, to, to organize and book a tour. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, I've reached out to a lot of festivals and stuff in the UK and not, you know, not had much back. And, um, and basically, I feel, I feel as if I am at the start of my career, you know, I've not been doing it that long. And I'm at the start of um, uh, my career in the UK for touring. 
Um, but there's a lot of venues and stuff which, you know, you pay a deposit and, and you hire it yourself and, and, you, and you book it out. And there's uh, a lot of Arts Council grants in the UK, which is really good, helping musicians. So my next, um, the next thing I'm going to do is, is put forward for one of these grants to, to book a, a, tour, a proper tour, you know. And, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of been the, the, the hardest, hardest thing. Okay. And where do you think Gypsy Jazz will be in 10 years at this rate? Do you think it's going to grow? I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. There's more and more Gypsy Jazz musicians in the UK. And um, I think a lot of people are, a lot of, more and more people are listening to it and seeing it as something different. And um, yeah, I don't know. What's it like in the States? Are there many, many gypsy jazz bands? Well, I'm in the New York City area. So yeah. at least in my direct zone, I'm not running into them that often. Yeah, sure. Cause I'm it's not saying I wouldn't go to of... the concert. Obviously, I loved your album. I reached out to you. I wanted yeah. you to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure. If they're in the area, if they're in the few major clubs we have, a lot of the, you have a lot of other restaurants and clubs that play music, but they're not official jazz halls. So yeah, I might be sure. missing their tours. Yeah, yeah, right. But trust me, at least over here, if you're good, someone will listen to you. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure you could guess. With COVID and a whole bunch of other stuff going on, we're losing some venues. Yeah. And then I it's open, imagine. closed, limited amount of people in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. That's a whole problem over here. But yeah. at least the group that came out before, Marvin, because the sax player came on and the guitarist came on before, they don't seem like they're having problems getting gigs. Right. Yeah. Right. But they're willing to play anywhere. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's just kind of getting your name out there, isn't it? And, and booking, getting lots of gigs. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. But I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that this new album will open doors for me. And um, I'm spending a lot of my time promoting that now. Um, you know, reaching out to, to different promoters and stuff in the UK. Uh, but I'm really happy with how it turned out. And um, the studio was a really, really, really cool studio. It's actually on um, a ship, uh, an old converted, yeah, it's called Light Ship 95, and it's an old converted lighthouse ship moored up in um, East London. So we went down there and, and stayed nearby for five days. We were five days in the studio. And it was just a really, really, really good time, you know. And um, I really enjoy that part of creating an album, you know, the planning it and producing it and ke keeping everyone motivated in the studio. You, you know, because it's pretty, pretty intense. I mean, you know, it on a ship. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was moving about. Luckily, no one felt sick because... Oh, <laughs> if we got, you know, if we got a really good take and someone was sick, that wouldn't be ideal. But it was, yeah, it was definitely moving about a lot. But it was just a really cool, and the, the uh, engineer, Dave Holmes, he's really, really good. Um, 
and got a nice sound and you know, every, everyone involved in the album did their best and and I'm I'm pleased with like the quality of the sound as well and the mastering and everything so yeah I couldn't be more happy with it how it turned out it was worth all the the stress okay so me being the fanboy loser I could be at times so you're on a ship everybody has an ISO booth in the ship no, there was only one, and that drummer was in that. And the rest of you were just <laughs> on the deck, or like, or the lower. Well, wait. So basically, yeah, you go down into the ship, and um, really, really steep stairs going down into it, and then like the main kind of part of the bottom of the ship was the the you know the main main room, and then the mixing room was kind of round the corner of the stairs, and. Um, it was it was pretty small really. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of lot of room. But it was just really cool to be on a ship, you know. It's completely different. And I, I liked that because I didn't want when I was looking for a studio, I wanted a good one. And most of the good studios, you know, are in London. Mm-hmm. And um I didn't want one that was kind of felt like you were in London because of the stress. Because I'm a I'm a town boy, I'm not used to the big city. When I go there, I'm like freaking out, and there's just <laughs> so many people, and I'm, you know, I'm from the country, so I wanted somewhere that felt like it wasn't in the city, and this was, you know, moored up in quite a quiet place, uh, looking, you know, over the over the Thames. So it was nice, and there was parking, and um, yeah, just the feeling of being on a on a ship, kind of from a creative point of view no. it was really nice as well i'm literally going to check that out because yeah yeah check it out yeah lightship 95 really nice studio that's cool okay so actually before so you had an acoustic bass i assume yeah he had no problems amping that and picking up the sound with only the drum in the iso booth well i'll tell you why because Originally, Mike Green, the, the bass player, he was going to go in the booth. And um, the drummer was kind of, it was too loud. It was, it was, it was bleeding through everyone, everyone's mics. That was the only thing. Um, because it's quite, this style of music is quite guitar heavy, yeah. quite guitar based. And just for the clarity of it, um, we, we decided that the best thing to do was to put the, the drummer into the booth and so we were all playing live in the live room together um yeah and it worked out it worked out well like that um okay. so it's quite a live sound you know a lot of the takes were were, were done live um yeah so in your case what do people misunderstand about the music world you coming from a small town playing and not traditional jazz instrument. Yeah. I just think, you know, um, a lot of people, a lot of people in this country just don't hear the accordion. And it's in countries like Brazil, it's a massive instrument, you know, and it's used in pop music and, and it's on the radio. Everyone hears it all the time. And with the accordion, it's ne- hardly ever heard on the radio. So I guess people aren't used to it or they don't know know anything about it. And from that point of view, it's kind of 
I'm always sort of converting people, if that makes sense. No, you, I get you. And also because of like, you know, like polka, polka music from Germany and things like that, people kind of see it as a novelty instrument here. Um, I mean, the younger, the younger people don't at all. It's more, that's more the older generation here. Um, a lot of younger people in the UK don't actually even know what it is. You'd be surprised how many people ask what, what the instrument is. Which is, you know, because I've always liked things that are different and I kind of like that about it. Yeah, it's mysterious. And people always ask, you know, what the buttons do on the left-hand side and how do, you, how do you power it? How do you turn it on? You know, it's an acoustic, <laughs> it's an acoustic, acoustic instrument. instrument but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked if I can turn it up before. Yeah, can you turn the volume up? <laughs> you know, which is like asking a drummer to turn the volume up, isn't it? That's easy. Yeah. For a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your dream project? Like, who would be on it? What would it be? What style would it be? Uh, that's a hard question. Well, for you. I don't I'm... know, because for me, I kind of want to do everything, you know. I really want to start doing some more like uh, duo projects because I quite like the space, you know, and um, you play differently when you're just playing as a duo. So I'd like to do a duo album and I'd like to, I don't know really, I'd like to play more, I'd like to do a bebop, you know, like a bebop thing and play with a as a kind of traditional jazz setup, you know, drum, bass, piano. Um, but there's so many, so many things that I want to do that, um, you know, it's diff difficult to list. I kind of want to do everything. Um, but, but for, you know, from a, because I, I sing and play, I'm really into the, you know, the American songbook and all the jazz standards. Um, something that I am actually working on at the moment is um, is doing like a standards album with some nice arrangements. Um, but I guess my, my mission in the UK is to kind of not popularise, but, you know, get more people listening to the accordion and more exposure for it. And I kind of think that my... You know, because I'm singing as well, that helps. And um, and get more, inspire more younger players to take up the instrument because there aren't many accordionists, you know, never mind jazz accordionists in the in the country. So I I've only sure met a, less, you know, yeah. a couple. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I just yeah. hope you do more of the Boston Overs because I did enjoy those a lot on the album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love, I mean, I kind of dive into different genres all the time. I studied bossa nova music and um, tango music. I guess bringing those, you know, because uh, accordion fits so well into tango, bringing, bringing, you know, doing like a kind of tango jazz album would be pretty cool and work really well. Um, okay. Well, Actually, one other thing. So what is the best compliment you ever got? Uh, I don't know, actually. 
You don't know. There's no. Well, no. Recently, recently, the um, there's a the the, the company in Italy that um made my accordion. They're called Victoria Accordions, and they they um they said that I was a rising star of the accordion, which was an amazing compliment, you know, from from them. Um, can't you know? I don't think I am, but <laughs> you know, it's a, that's a huge compliment. Okay. Why don't you think you are, though? I don't know. It's just that thing, isn't it? Musicians are always kind of lacking confidence and, you know, and always want to be better. And I want to make the instrument sound as good as it possibly can. Um, and, you know, always pushing myself and I'm, I'm never good enough. And it's kind of that voice in your head, isn't it? Being like, you need to be better. And, uh, you know, everyone has that. And that's kind of the reason. And that's what drives me forward to, to be the best that I can be. Okay. Well, I think you're doing great for the instrument. Yeah, well, thank you. Well. Thank you. And, um, and thanks for listening to the album. So how it just came up on Spotify, did it? Was it like a... It came up on Tidal after I was listening to a different album. Ah, right. Yes. I was listening that's to good. Billy Cobham. Because he's ah, right. one of my favorite drummers by far. And then your album came on. That's strange. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was saying it was completely different from fusion jazz yeah. to you. And that's yeah. why I was just like, ah. Nice. That's Spotify doing its job. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing. That's it's really that's the good thing about Spotify, isn't it? Because you kind of stumble across different different genres and different musicians. I've I've come across so many new artists that I never would have heard before. Well said on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So before we go, we'd like to give a shout out or show respects to the artists who came before us. I'm going to list two artists and an mm -hmm. instrument. Choose one and tell us why. Yeah. On trumpet, Clifford Brown or Chef Baker. Uh, I'm sorry, Chef Baker. I'm sorry. Uh... Ooh, it's a difficult one. Uh, Baker, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're both, you know, amazing. And I listen to them a lot. Um, but probably Baker just because of um, this simplistic approach to, to, you know, to the melody and the lines that he plays and the kind of clear tone. So, yeah. Okay. And saxophone, Lester Young or mm -hmm. Coleman Hawkins? Oh, Lester Young. Yeah, for me. <laughs> <laughs> Lester Young. That's yeah. a quick one, so you don't need to go into that one, I guess. <laughs> um, bass, Paul Chambers or Charles Mingus? Paul Chambers. Ask why on that one? Um, I don't know, really, because... It's just the sound. Yeah. I can understand that. And piano. Chick Korea or the mm -hmm. monk? Um, Chick Korea for me. Just because I've you know, I listened a lot to him. I I covered um did Armando's rumba on the on the, the album and um Yeah, and Spain. Spain is such a such a nice he's such a good composer. Yeah. Okay. 
And on drums, we say Louis Hayes or Joe Johns. Ooh, I'm going to have to be honest here. I've not heard of either of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which isn't the right answer to a drummer, no, is I, it? Hey, that's good. Okay. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to... Which one do you recommend I go and listen to after We'll go this? over that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So can you tell the people your social media, your website, how to find you, how to find your music? Yeah, so my website is Johnny Kerry, J-O-N-N-Y-K-E-R-R-Y.com. And uh, my Instagram is Johnny Kerry Music, and that's the same for Facebook. And, um, and I'm on Spotify and all the other streaming sites. I mean, I always say Spotify as if that's the only streaming site. It's kind of the biggest, isn't it? Apple Music and everything. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for social media. I don't like to do a lot of social media. I've not uh, not gone on to TikTok yet. I haven't uh, been on TikTok yet, <laughs> so I feel you on that. I feel a bit old for that. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, you know, um, please go and check out my, my latest album to anyone who's listening. Well, Sarah, thank you for joining us. And everyone, this is Leander from Improv Exchange. Thank you. Have a good one. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange. <laughs>